Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for our Saturday conversation with the esteemed Paul Wadlington, longtime contributor, columnist, opinion leader uh, for InsideTexas.com. Paul, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. I love these flowery introductions. This is great. You deserve every every one of them. I wish I could put a lay across your neck. Oh. You know, uh, have have somebody else give you the kiss though. Whenever you uh, get off the plane in Hawaii. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk uh, about the portal. Uh, you know, and and I, that's something that you and I discussed prior to this uh, prior to getting onto this uh, podcast and video cast that we wanted to address. And it's, it's kind of interesting to me. Steve Sarkeesian said earlier this week he expects some coming and going uh, in, the, in the portal. You all also wrote this week about what positions you thought Texas would necessarily go at. And so I, I thought today would, for this Sunday, Saturday conversation, it would be good to talk not only the intricacies of the portal, but also the macro portal discussion uh, that we're sure Steve Sarkeesian and his staff also have at times. So uh, let's get it started. Let's start with your article that lined out three or four positions you thought Texas would try to upgrade in the portal. Yeah. So I, I wrote the article on Inside Texas. If you guys aren't members, uh, you're, why aren't you members? You're, it's, come on, this is silly. Let's not play this game. Let's commit. Uh, go ahead and sign up. You can read it along with all the other great content that's on there. But I was saying that what we're looking for is probably if you're keeping up the program, you know, the usual suspects edge is number one. Uh, look, Texas has some young edges that I think will blossom and develop eventually to solve all their problems. But we're not quite there yet. As, uh, as Samuel L. Jackson says in Pulp Fiction, you seem to have caught us in a transitional phase when he's wearing the board shorts and the, the T-shirts after uh, they've disposed of the body. So. Uh, I think that's where Texas is a little bit. So edge now are our elite edges a dime a dozen uh, in college football? Not really. And, and they're not a dime a dozen in the portal. But if one's available, Texas is going to be courting them. The next that I said was linebacker. Uh, we've heard good things about David Benda. We've heard good things about some of the freshmen that have come in. Again, I, I will believe it with Benda when I see it. I think he has the physical ability. I, I think I need to be assured that he could be in the right time at the right place and, and not chase ghosts from the other linebacker position. And that's an area where Texas as a defense could really improve. If you got a really solid linebacker complimenting Jalen Ford, because you know what Jalen brings. Uh, so I think that's a, a, a position similarly, again, who's available. We don't know. Texas is not going to manufacture uh, just a body for one of these needs uh, we're, we're past the 2021 Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian phase where if you're a third teamer at a name program, we're interested in the warm body. We're, we're not doing that anymore, obviously. And then the third I, I, um, I mentioned is tight end. Uh, I think we're all very happy with Jatavian Sanders. I think Gunnar Helm is, is fine. I think he's more than adequate. However, I think Texas could use one of two types of tight end, Bobby. One just a big old 270-pound blocking tight end hoss for some of these two tight end sets we like to do. Also goal line, situational football. Or a young tight end who's a stud, who's a star, future star. Uh, this could be a guy who basically was just in this last class, right, on campus, already not happy with where they are. Uh, that might be a guy we want to take in and then groom as the replacement for JT Sanders when he leaves after this season. 
And then after that, I said best available. And best available is where it gets real interesting, Bobby, because you can learn people's psychology with respect to the portal. Yeah, and this is what you mean by best available. You're not talking about the best available tight end. You're talking about best available player regardless of position. And and go ahead. I want to make sure people understand that distinction. Meaning you take the player that's in the portal, you throw our players at that position in a pool, and you power rank them. And if their guy, the guy available is significantly better or, or better, we go get them. And, and it's very interesting because a lot of Texas fans uh, logically understand the portal has changed everything along with NIL and everything. Emotionally, they still struggle with the idea when I say, hey, we need to go. If there's an elite running back available, you go get them. And they're like, well, that's going to what's going to how's that going to affect blue? And how's that going to affect? It's like. We'll, we'll worry about that later. We're, we're trying to field a really good football team. So I may have a couple of guys I want to bounce off of you to test the, the, uh, the, the battle between best available and upgrading your roster and also team chemistry and continuity. Well, let, let's do that in a second. Let me, let me add my two cents to your list. Please. Um, first of all, Edge, I, I agree with you. Not exactly a dime a dozen. Hard to find. I would not be surprised if they – like Derek McClendon from Florida State, uh, started uh, at Florida State this past year. Not a pass rusher, like not a great pass rusher by any stretch, but a solid one and a very solid run defender. I could see them going after him because he's more mature than what they have as a as someone opposite Baron Sorrell. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think that, that the defensive end spot has to be a quote-unquote true edge pass rusher they just know that they've got youth and inexperience at that position right now and they need someone that's going to upgrade period uh over last year and so i I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be a true edge if that makes sense to you i i think they would i think they would take Derek mcclendon from florida state who visited south carolina this past weekend by the way and is from georgia originally so i don't it's 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 perhaps a bad example because he's probably going to stay in the deep South. Right. But that's a guy that I think Texas would have, would have liked to, to seen on campus and, and visit and perhaps extend an offer to, because they need him. They, they need that guy. That's an adult opposite Baron Sorrell, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think you can have a larger defensive improvement just with a marginal improvement at a place like edge where he's not going to go get you nine and a half sacks, but he's going to do his job. He's going to be sort of a version of Baron Sorrell on the other side. And, and then you'll have to create your pass rush with the interior defensive line with, with, uh, you know, maybe a little blitzing and and some different looks and and things like that, which when you get an older, more experienced team, which we're starting to get in secondary at a linebacker, you can pull that off and you're not going to blow coverages. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I am a believer in marginal upgrades can actually yield outsized benefits within the whole construct of the the, uh, the unit. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a pass rusher to, to be a marginal upgrade. We That's like one. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ovia Gufu was not necessarily good against the run. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. No. Yeah. I mean, so that that's an upgrade. So, all right. Next piece, you said linebacker and tight end. I, I hadn't thought about linebacker the way you, you articulated it, Paul. And I think it's a good point. Uh, and I would agree with you. At the same time, uh, I'm not as negative on Benda. Uh, maybe negative is not the right word, but not as uh, skeptical. Um, I, I think that, and the reason why I say that is I don't know that there are many guys out there that are uh, going to be better than him. Um, but if there's out there, if it's out there and you can go get it, I would agree with you. You go get it. Uh, the other piece, I, your tight end mention was awesome uh, because you you said it in a way that I hadn't thought about. And that's not necessarily the big blocker because I, I I definitely think they need a blocking tight end right now uh, to add to the mix because they don't have – Gunnar Helm is still not a big guy, right? He's still growing into his frame. I think they need a blocking tight end for short yardage goal line, Right. At the same time, I hadn't thought about going out and finding the guy that, for whatever reason, didn't didn't mix at his previous school. That was a five star, high four star guy that can be your next Jatavian Sanders that you groom for that pick, pit, uh, that position. Because neither of the guys coming in right now uh, in in the summer, Spencer Shannon or Will Randall, project to be that guy long term. So I, I like that. The other position I would say to you, and I, I mentioned this on Friday, is defensive tackle. Um, and the reason I say that is because right now you have two that I think are legitimate defensive tackles that you, that are proven, Sweat and Murphy. Beyond that, we've heard good things about Alfred Collins, but he's yet to prove it. Vernon Broughton is not a good run, run stopper, and I don't think that stop, that's changed in – you know, three months. I just, I, he, he plays too high. Behind him, you have Aaron Bryant, who's a young guy, and Sadir Mitchell, who's very young, right? Just out of high school. I could see them adding a guy that they think is a run-stopping defensive tackle. Case uh, Keandre Coburn Light, call him. Mm. Just to increase that mix because, and that's a position that does get dinged up quite a bit, by the way over the, the course of a season. So I could see that one uh, possibly getting in there as well. Um, outside of that, I, I think you're right. I don't think they have to do anything at corner, at safety. Maybe it's safety if, if they think Jalen Catalan's injury is more, more problematic than maybe they first thought. Uh, not at quarterback, not at wide receiver. And I don't see them do, going and doing anything at running back since they got Jonathan Brooks and, uh, moves uh, Savion Red and Cedric Baxter. So, uh, not to mention Jaden Blue. So, that all being said, Paul, it could change April fifteenth when people put their names in the portal. It's it's going to change, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we're not going to talk about departures. Obviously, it's probably not appropriate, but there's going to be some. And uh, you know, we don't know if there could be even a little mini run at one position. And these were guys maybe who didn't see the the clear path to getting a lot of playing time, but nonetheless, they were important sort of depth. So Texas might even have to go get someone just to fill a sort of a secondary or tertiary role just to have a, a body. May not uh, like their position coach. Yes. 
You know, what if what if you get a, a real jerk as a position coach? I'm not saying this is at Texas, but I mean, there are, there are guys that have run people off because of the, how they coached. There, there's no question. Uh, you know, there's some programs in state that have assembled an interesting group of position coaches that seem to rub their players the wrong way in some instances. So I think uh, that'll be interesting. And that's where actually, because people are like, oh, there's not going to be a stars in this late portal. The good, the early portal is the good portal. We don't know that. This is year two of the portal, right? Effectively, like as a, as a, as a thing that we all know and we're planning for. And a bunch of guys is just, they're going to be completing their spring practice. It seems like half the colleges in America are playing their spring football game, April 15th. Right. And it's, Literally the day the, the, la the last portal is open, right? Last year it was May 1 through 15. This year it's April 15 through 30. Uh, you're going to have some guys go into that spring game and based on their snaps or based on how they're lined up, you know, it could be a starter. But based on how they're utilized or lined up in that game, they're like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. And uh, who knows what quality will be available. So, you know, it could be, not very good quality. The other thing is this is where it's important that the depth uh, and, and frankly, attention to detail of our player personnel departments become key because, you know, I've argued now for two years that you need two player personnel departments. You need one that evaluates high school recruits and JUCOs, and you need one that evaluates the rosters of other teams and keeps tabs on guys that you recruited you had a favorable relationship with, but it just went Michigan's way, whatever, right? You need to keep tabs on those guys. You also need to have a guy who's got his ear to the ground for FCS football. Every year, there's a half dozen to 10 guys who will play in the NFL from that level. We will take that guy on our roster. Uh, it doesn't mean we'll take any guy from there who's, who's a you know all-conference. It doesn't mean, you know, sometimes they, they play to their level, right? But there's some other guys that they just got overlooked, right? And you have to have some contacts. You have to have some ability to go to find those guys. And who knows who's available on that level? Yeah, Texas has. So uh, they're set up this way. So um, Billy Glasscock is director of player personnel um, and oversees the entire group. Uh, so he oversees all evaluations, high school, portal, junior college, et cetera. Um, as well as the recruiting staff uh, itself that's on-campus recruiting, off-campus recruiting, that sort of stuff. Um, the, the guy that um, Steve Sark Sarkeesian hired a year ago, March, so basically 13 months ago, is a guy named Bobby Merritt, who has some both NFL and CFL experience of combing those, those lower levels to try to find those kind of guys. So Texas is doing some of what you're talking about, are they all in like you're describing? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a that's a fair question, Paul, and and one that uh, we need to dive into maybe at, at another time. Uh, one thing I want to say uh, before we get going, I want you to put some of those hypotheticals to me, and I may put some back to you. Uh, but first, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow. Absolutely. Speaking of the transfer portal, you need to transfer your mortgage needs to this gentleman right here on the screen, not just because he supports me and Bobby, although we greatly appreciate that because he's awesome at what he does. He's a passionate Longhorn. He's also got a law degree, 20 years in this profession. And he is not about just quoting you a rate and trying to sell you. Uh, what he's trying to do is pit all the other lenders against each other to work on your behalf, get the best possible deal for you structured to your financial life. 
Numbers on the screen, 832-557-1095 or mortgagesbygabe.com. Gabe, thank you. Yep, thanks. We appreciate that. All right, uh, let's talk. Let's let's do a little uh, hypothetical, Paul. You start right. us off. We're gonna we're gonna turn up the water slowly here before we reach the boil. All right, Donovan Edwards is the running back at Michigan. He got a lot of playing time late in the year as Blake Corum's backup, and frankly, was fantastic. Uh, proved himself to be a big play threat, repeatedly dropped big runs on name opponents, Ohio State. He was excellent in the playoffs against TCU. Uh, he's a speed back. He's very dynamic. He rushed for almost 1,000 yards in, in sort of part-time action. Blake Corum is coming back, Bobby. So in this hypothetical, Donovan Edwards has just contacted Texas and says, I, I loved what I saw to Bijan and Roshan, how you use your backs. I can catch. He's a good pass catcher as well. I want to come to Texas. Are, are we opening our arms and saying, welcome, Donovan? Or are we saying, ah, we're, we're pretty happy with our roster, Donovan? Sign me up. All right. <laughs> that was the easy one, Paul. That was too simple. You know what? It's, it's not easy. There's going to be people commenting on this video saying, oh, no, I love Jonathan Brooks. I love etc. Fill in the well, I, I Look, I like Jonathan Brooks too, but a proven 900-yard rusher in a major conference – um, you, you're, you're whistling Dixie if you don't think you're going to get that Savion Red is necessarily ready for that kind of action. Jaden Blue is not that proven. Cedric Baxter is definitely not that proven. Yeah. Uh, they may have more talent in some ways than Donovan Edwards. I doubt it. Um, Donovan Edwards is an NFL running back. Yes. Um, and so uh, just like would, if Roshan Johnson was out there, would you add him to the team right now? Of course you would. Right. Donovan Edwards, NFL running back. You would add him to the team in a heartbeat, in my opinion. All right. I like it. Let me get into the tension between chemistry and projection and all this stuff. There's a young man in North Carolina who's very gifted, and he plays for our old football coach. But he hates Sally's cookies, Bobby. He's sick <laughs> of them. He's sick of Mac. And to get it, Mac, he's gonna he wants to transfer to his old school and win the Heisman Trophy there. His name is Drake May. He's a, a great NFL prospect. He can run. He's every bit of six four with a big arm. He's smart. He can learn the offense. And to make this hypothetical even better, Bobby, so we don't have any wiggle room, he contacted us in March. We're in a time machine, and he's gonna be able to participate in spring practice. Drake May wants to come to the University of Texas. What are we saying? That's a that's a little bit different now. It is um, different, isn't it? Yeah, it, there's a re, there's a couple reasons though. One is the the high level of talent already on campus at that position is elite, in my opinion. Okay. Um, that being said, you're talking about a, the Heisman front runner in some respects. Uh, so I do think he's better than Quinn Ewers today. I think he's better than Arch Manning today. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I also think, uh, to Steve Sarkeesian's point, uh, quarterback is the most important position on the field. And, you know, I would, do, I would definitely take him. Just, you know, I would. But it may have repercussions that you don't want. And that would mean most likely Quinn Ewers leaving. Um, but, you know, it, it – you know, it's interesting. I, I think a little bit about this. Like Courtney Ramey, I'm going to use basketball for an example. Courtney Ramey uh, played at Texas, had a 
fairly successful career, the guard. He transferred to Arizona, had a nice year. Texas was a better basketball team this year by upgrading with Sir Jabari Rice. And people can worry about the, they don't worry as much about chemistry in basketball for whatever reason, I don't think. Um, maybe because football is the sport in Texas and it gets, you know, such hyper focus. Um, but I, I think winning does a lot for tem- team chemistry. And that's what people want to do. And uh, by and large, if I were to say that, I'd, heck yeah, I'd, I'd take Drake May um, and let the chips fall where they may. No pun intended. Not not at all. Very good. So that's what I, I am. This is an interesting conversation because I bounced this hypothetical off of a few people. And Bobby, I was surprised at the number of people who said absolutely not. What would you do? I'd take him. Yeah, me too. He threw for 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, seven INTs. He's he's a, he's not only going to be a good NFL quarterback, likely. He's a good college quarterback because he's got those feet. If you're starting a college football all-star team, he's your quarterback probably. He's your quarterback. He's yeah. every bit of 6'4", 225, 4'6 guy. He's, he's agile. He's got great pocket fundamentals for his age, and he can only get better. Well, well, here's the thing too, Paul, you're, you're not, you're, this isn't a realistic situation. Like we're not saying Drake May's transferring to Texas or anything like that. You're using it as an analogy um, for another position that might happen somewhere down the road uh, in in that similar situation is the, if, if the best receiver in the country wanted to come to Texas, would Texas take him? Yes. I, I would still say yes. And our room is loaded. Right. In the room is yeah exactly. I mean, so um, I, I see where you're going with that. The question I have, and the hypo- hypotheticals that get interesting to me, are the ones where you have four solid players and you add another solid player. Um, and so I, I think that's that. Like, and, and I, if Texas had four solid defensive tackles, I would I would say yeah, you don't necessarily need a another defensive tackle, right? If Texas had two big-time blocking tight ends, eh, you don't necessarily need another, right, if the other guys were healthy. Um, but when you don't have that and you know that's a position that can get beat up pretty quick and nobody wants to see Texas get run on um, down the stretch because that's what ha- that's ultimately what happens in some of those games, right? some of those seasons. It, you wear down on the inside and all of a sudden you're, you're getting run on and not being able to get the ball back. So – you know, I, I feel what you're saying there and understand it. Um, I, I don't know that you're ever going to get me to say no to, to a great player unless you already have a great proven player at that position. It's, you know, I, I feel similarly. Uh, you have to look at each situation individually, right? I mean, it's it, you know, the, the famous attorney answer for any question you have for them is it depends, right? <laughs> And so it sort of does depend, but as a you're, you caught on very quickly, Drake May's not coming to Texas. It's not realistic. And Sally's cookies are delicious. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to train people to think, to understand that everything's changed. And, and the sentimentality that we have for college football, you know, we call them our, our kids, right? We, we call them our boys, you know, and we, you know, they, we don't even even the etiquette on a message board is different an NFL board than a college board when you're talking about a player who played badly, right? 
I, I think that's fine. I, I think you should keep that etiquette. But my point is, these are paid players. They have they have effectively a free agency that's more powerful than the NFL free agency. NFL's got free agency, but once you sign your contract, you are contractually obligated. You can be fined for not showing up to the facility when you're supposed to. Uh, there's no such thing that exists in college football. So we're going to have to cut down a little bit of our sentimentality of familiar names who, by God, signed with Texas. And, you know, that, I want the guy who committed to Texas out of, the, out of high school, not the guy who's, who's the mercenary coming in. Hey, I want the awesome mercenary if he's awesome at football. Uh, so that's I'm just trying to give the, uh, folks an idea that we're in a, in a new era and you're going to have to train your thinking a little differently to compensate for that. The second part that you mentioned, Bobby, is the scenario of four average guys and you bring in another average guy. What's the point? I would say that's where you get into specialization. And then you mentioned I want a great run stopping defensive tackle. He's five foot 11, 310, and you cannot move this dude. Now, he can't pass rush at, a, at all, and he's not going to play in the NFL. But he could serve a very valuable situational role for us. And in some games, he might play 40 snaps. In other games, he'll play five. Pass rusher. There's a guy who's every bit of 230 pounds. And he's weak on the edge, and he can't hold the edge. But if you line him up in a Greyhound stance, he runs a 4-5-40, and he can get after the quarterback. Same guy in some games, we might play him 35 snaps and he's going to have two and a half sacks and five pressures. In other games, he can't see the field or, or we're going to get run on and, and he's going to get pancaked. So that's kind of how I feel, Bobby, about those players. You want a, a specific specialist who wears a very specific hat. And that's a guy that you could bring in who is overall average, but he's fantastic at one thing and deficient everywhere else. And you see something where you could plug and play him in a very specific scenario. It's well said, Paul. I, I would agree with that. I think that the, in the more you can get that, you get that a lot quite often uh, in pro football. Yes. Um, you know, the, you're, you're allowed to have a Debo Samuel, right? Uh, and you find guys that, that can rust the pasture, but aren't necessarily a Frank Clark that's, you know, less than ideal against the run, but tremendous as a pass rusher uh you get those kind of guys and, and i think that uh the difference is is that you know you can have success with that specialization in 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 uh, pro football in college football coaches try to go for that specialization and it's not necessarily a big enough uh, improvement to actually warrant the specialization does that make sense because if you, you worry that the guys aren't that much better in the first place but, I mean, to your point, if, if you can find the right guy, if you can find a three-point shooter, you, 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 you sign the three-point shooter, right? That's if, you can't, if you can't play a lick of defense and you're six foot one and you're slow-footed and you can shoot 48% from three-point land, and if you get an open three, you're going to drill it every time, you've got value. Now, I can't play you against certain opponents, but against other teams – you're going to score 15 points on five of eight threes in 20 minutes, and you're going to help us win a basketball game. Yeah, uh, no doubt. All right, that's going to do it for today's Saturday conversation. I, I always enjoy these, Paul. Uh, each and every week, you and I join uh, together for the Saturday conversation, sponsored uh, this uh, this Saturday and every Saturday by Gabe Winslow. Uh, mortgages by Gabe. 
check him out. Uh, also, uh, you can call him at 832-557-1095. We appreciate his support of the Saturday Conversation. All right, Paul. Uh, for Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.